Welcome to the docket. It's the audio chapter of your weekly coverage on bestevidence.fyi. I'm Sarah D. Bunting, and I'm here with Eve Beatty. Hello, Eve. Hello. So this week, we are, uh, we are contending with a listener question from my esteemed colleague, Britt, um, who was also my collaborator on the D.B. Cooper Clean Getaway Soap at the shop. Britt asks... When you're in the true crime business, how do you deal with finances, etc., without feeling exploitative? What is acceptable in terms of merch and monetizing, and what, for you, crosses the line? This is an excellent question that I feel like I kind of contend with, like every day, and the line kind of moves around. Uh, I think I've yeah. mentioned before that I had in stock. Um, early in the shop's life, this tome called For One Sweet Grape, which purported to be the um, memoir of the life and crimes of a rape murderer from behind bars, which I don't think is an unworthy um, title. Like, I I think that that's fine to do in theory, but there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of caveats And the publishers made like basically every wrong choice. First of all, it was from Playboy Press or maybe Penthouse Press. I'm actually not sure which one. I bet the latter because I think that they were way into true crime and stuff, especially in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, The cover art was uh, topless women lounging on a bed. It was a pencil drawing, but still, like, there were nipples. It was not appropriate. And then I leafed through it to find that he was recounting his crimes, not in a sort of making amends or allocution way, but in a reliving his crimes in his bunk way in detail that -hmm. made it clear that this was a prurient um, topic and not a sort of criminal justice topic. Like, again, we we don't need to be kink shaming here, but that's not something that I feel comfortable marketing. So I said right in the description on the site, you know, whether you need this for research or not, I don't judge and you don't have to tell me anything, but I will be donating the proceeds of this sale to Rain. And it's old and I donated the proceeds to Rain because it was just like, I can't, I can't know that I made money on that even in a secondhand way. Um, there's also, there's a couple of like titles and subtitles that I'm not super comfortable with. I just got a uh, relatively rare Jack Olson in that is talking about the gypsy murders, which is like, all right, that's not what we're doing. And then the the actual crime just kind of swirls into a whole bunch of um, just like stereotypically negative concepts about Roma that's not okay, and I'm going to have to kind of write to that in the description because, you know, it was a different time, but also gr- gross. And, the, you know, I have a couple of titles like that, that it's like, this looks like an interesting true crime text, and then you do a little research, and you realize that it's like anti-woke mob text, and it's like, well, do I do I pulp this? What do I do? with it. Um, 
can I really open up the margins based on what I paid for a book called White Girl Bleed a Lot? Yeah, like it it goes for a fair amount of money. Do I feel great or even okay about selling it when it's the kind of anti-woke Antifa cause J6 crapaganda that I despise? No. So it's a case-by-case thing, and sometimes I just try to price it to get it away from me and make a note never to take it into inventory again. But for me, the line really is more with the marketing. I was talking about this with my brother the other day, that there are puns and like fill your gift slay with slayings type of things that like I think mystery bookshop could do that um and I can't not that mystery bookshop does or would it's just an example of like their focus is more fictional murders cozy mysteries whatever under those circumstances you can crack a lot wiser in your discount mailer subject line Absolutely. You get that Edward Gorey sort of looking drawing and it's like that. And it's and it's novels. It's not real stories. Right. Um, I mean, maybe that's considered disrespectful, but still, it's just like, you know, the exactly Edward Gorey, like, you know, quote, depressed people in the rain. And it's just a drawing. It's not real. Um, Merchandise is the same thing. Woodland Jane and I have all of these like fantastic ideas for like you know calendars of true crime or like a a poisoning a day but it's not there's a line like as Brit well knows I collaborated with her shop Seattle Sundries on the D.B. Cooper clean getaway soap Um, but when we first started talking about working together on a product Like, if you're thinking about what a Pacific Northwest home goods concern, like, what is the the most notorious case in that region? It's it's not actually D.B. Cooper, but it's not okay to do a Ted Bundy-themed body bar because I'm not a monster, so that's why we went with D.B. Cooper. Uh... But this is true year round. Like, I ca- I can't do Father's Day copy for like a a sale that it's like great for dads and grads. Take a knife to your shopping list. Like, it's just not appropriate. So that's where I kind of that's where I have a very wide, bright line. That it's like okay, the like the twelve days of exhibit miss. Sure, but that's as far as I can go. And even that feels like you don't want to be cutesy with this shit. People died. So that is my, you know, that is my answer. Um, The larger question of whether it's, I don't know, okay to focus on this genre is like, look, these are, these stories are worthwhile. Um. I am a reseller. There's a certain emotional distance you can put yourself at with with some of it. But I you know, these stories aren't without value. Like the for one sweet grape is you know, it's erotica. I, so What is the what is the title? What does that mean? Uh I don't I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm gonna end up and, looking and this up purple. after the podcast. It was like a lavender 
cover God. with purple line drawings. And, you know, I sent it off, took a hot shower, sent a, sent a donation to Rain and tried not to think about it again. But both my associate and I were just like, whenever we had to move it, we're like, Ugh, like, should we even dust this? Ugh. Um, but yeah, these stories, for the most part, even when they're badly written, even when it's titled stuff like, you know, D- please don't kill me, daddy. These stories <sighs> have value. So I don't I try to be respectful of the trauma that these stories are about or in the middle of. Without being pious about it, because there's only so pious you can be when you own the store that is selling these stories. So that's where I am at with it. But the calculus is a bit different for us as true crime reviewers on best evidence. So I'm going to let Eve talk about it from her perspective for a while. Plus, she also owns a shop, so it's not the same algebra as mine in terms of um, problematic creations but it you know she'll have some insight on this sort of thing i think eve thoughts well i mean i well i agree with you i mean being a participant in capitalism especially like sort of like you know dtc capitalism there i mean is inherently problematic even you know without crime there you don't have like the issues of sustainability that a shop like mine does where new stuff right. is created but that's definitely like you know we make t-shirts and yeah the t-shirts that we sell are from a union you know factory in new york but still we all know you know that making new t-shirts is bad for the earth so we're all we're all baddies i guess is what i'm saying you know yeah. by being by walking on this earth and we're all doing the best we can I really do believe that, you know, for the most part, when you're dealing with a small business, you're dealing with people who are doing the best they can. People who I do not believe are doing the best they can and where I have a very firm and admittedly sort of snobby journalism standpoint are the um, folks who generate significant income by simply rehashing slash snickering over others reporting of true crime and um not doing meaning and i i would be fine with meaningful aggregation like taking multiple sources to share an unknown story what i'm talking about are the folks who are like here's the tale of so and so and then you sit there and you make jokes about it with your buddies and you have like a million zillion subscribers and you make a ton of money and that sounds like i'm being sour grapes but i'm not i'm just saying that it's fucking gross and it's not something I do. And I do think that the folks who do this, just retelling something without analysis, just telling it and making jokes with your friends while drinking wine or cocktails or whatever um, is a deeply problematic behavior and something that those folks should examine, especially if these are the same folks that were posting black squares on their Instagram, you know? And Mm. so that for me is like a really, really solid line because like, sure, we have issues with Ashley Flowers. Um, I find her podcast to be tiresome. There was a time in her career when, you know, she was accused of plagiarism. And I think that those accusations were valid, but like her or not, she now is doing original reporting. She is making connections with 
you know, it's not to my taste because it's like, you know, copaganda, her connections are primarily within law enforcement, but mm. still there is that she is doing her own legwork. And I think that that's, I think that that's what, when we're talking about stories that need to be told, that is where, you know, the work is being done. And so I think that that's sort of worth considering, you know, if you, if you are a consumer of this stuff and you're thinking about how can I be a more ethical consumer of true crime, thinking about if you are going with primary sources and folks who are actually doing um, research and investigation or meaningful aggregation, which means they take like multiple sources and synthesize them in a way that, um, you know, provides a more complete story then um, that's better than people who are just sitting around making jokes about a killer. Well, and I think that I have read rationalizations of making and consuming that kind of true crime content. I can't call it analysis, and it's not really content either. Like comedy podcasts about true crime make me feel weird, um, especially like there's one that like, I just don't have time to listen to podcasts that I am not on because, and even those <laughs> it's like, once I'm done talking, if I don't have to edit it, that's the last contact I have with it. Like there's, I have too many podcasts is, is the point, but, um, I don't, um, I don't really enjoy listening to that kind of podcast because it feels very stagey and comedy is very subjective, but if it's just about like love frauds, that's okay. But if everyone's sitting around making jokes about, I don't know, Richard Ramirez, that's less okay. Like, I don't see how you, you know, not to be a humorless scold, but I don't see how you get comedy out of like, I don't, Lake and Aang, for example. Like, I don't, I just don't think that's funny. But yeah. I also think that this question um, from Britt is something that you and I come back to all the time, like in text on Best Evidence, and that we as a sort of community, us and the readers and listeners, are just sort of in an ongoing process of trying to figure it out. And you kind of have to do it every day. Like, this is why, this is why we do the newsletter is it's kind of the television without pity principle that it's like okay if we don't hold this genre to a standard what is anybody doing here like we we should expect better of true crime and often we get it but i don't know i think it's the same i think it's sort of the same calculus as like any other product that you buy that it, to the extent that you're able look at how and where it's made and by whom and if it's just you know going to become part of a plastic island in the pacific then maybe think twice or you know find something recyclable to listen to but you know that like this well, is where well, i sort well, which- of can't well, get- what you're saying sort of brings us to merch too, and yeah. um, merch is something that 
you know, I create a lot more of in my shop, not true crime merch, but, you know, merch in general, you know, we are creating that you have that one great t-shirt, but, you know, we do, we make the t-shirts, we make other things there. And so talking about merch to your point um, on look at who made it and how it was made, I completely understand and I am not going to judge people for wanting to demonstrate that they are part of a group or part of a tribe with what they're wearing. Right. I'm wearing a I'm wearing a University of Indianapolis sweatshirt right now, even though I freaking dropped out of that school. And I think that that's it's a very normal human thing. And, uh, you know, like we, we can't get away from that. You want right. to do that. You know, we you sell the shirts that say allegedly I sell shirts that say the sunset. Um, but and people are going to be buying most of the people who listen to this podcast, something related to true crime, because they think, oh, you, we know you like true crime. And a lot of people are going to end up with T-shirts that were made in Bangladesh mm-hmm. um, with the Live, Laugh, Love font that says like yeah. true crime and wine or something like in that. In bed by nine. Yeah, exactly. And and you're going to hate it because you guys are smart and you're too cool for that font anyway. And um, you're going to have to hang on to the freaking shirt for a while because you know you're going to see the person and all that. And my heart is with you. Mm-hmm. My heart is with you. But when you are buying these things for your friends or your buddies or whomever else that you also listen to these things with, once again, don't buy something that's like just on like Redbubble or Walmart dot com or something like that these sort of these platforms that are basically uh, a drop ship mass produce uh money making bullshit things if you want to support a podcast in or something like that then buy directly from them and mm-hmm. they might also be selling a red bubble or something like that but you know that the money is going to them and not just like there's this whole sort of cottage market of people who just take like trending topics and put them on t-shirts or like whatever things you've seen on a tv show like i don't know like the strip club from the sopranos or whatever what a dated reference and people just pick this stuff up they're not artists they're just people and slap them on print on demand things and Mm -hmm. it's another sort of get rich quick thing the same way that like flipping houses was don't participate in that freaking economy instead buy directly from these things buy directly from the uh you know, the crime websites that you like, even if there's like a sort of like true crime related sort of organization. And I'm not going to name any of them because most of the ones that I can think of also do Blue Lives Matter stuff, which gross me out. But you can also find these. And that way, you know that the money is going to somebody who is engaging in content that you care about. Don't just think like, oh, I want to buy like a true crime sweatshirt for a buddy and, you know, do that buy something straight from the maker. Yeah, that's a great idea. Or sort of uh, part of my business is sort of appealing to people who might like to buy some true crime for a friend or loved one, but don't really know where to begin. It is a very big genre and people are quite particular. So like a gift card is good for that. The tote bag is for a podcast that doesn't exist anymore, but it's a fucking great tote bag. And it's my, a good bag. Yeah, it it really is. I still have some left. They're reasonably priced. Um, but yeah, like I keep thinking, oh, I should swap mine out for a new one, but I don't need to. They're just really tough. But it's it can be hard to buy for a true crime consumer. Um, 
so maybe we should do one of these days like a like a ethical true crime consumer wish list that's like you know don't don't buy me that book new necessarily or if you do go through bookshop.org or if you're not going to do that donate it to books through bars or like another prison reading list stock up organization or just something that's else that um, acknowledges that you like acknowledges your interest in the criminal justice system, but doesn't kind of get stuck in a doom loop of that baby pink t-shirt with the lavender writing on it. That's like, you know, basically a detective. Cause I watch so much Dateline. Like, okay, like uh-huh. we need to move past this. I feel well, and one last thing, just since this is sort of turning into a gift guide, is yeah. um, that almost every county um, or like, you know, in major municipalities, and I'm talking about, you know, like cities of more than like 100,000, has a survivor's fund. Mm-hmm. This is an apolitical group that provides money for people who have experienced crimes. Um, And this can be anything from like people who've been robbed to, you know, victims who uh, just need to be able to take time off before they go back to work or something like that. Right. Almost every county county has one of these. So just because the world has a lot of stuff already, making a donation to that in someone's name, I think can be a very profound gesture and it's not taking a stand against the cops or for the cops Mm -hmm. or, you know, all of these other things that are especially loaded in um, the current day. Um, It's taking a stand for survivors of crimes, which I think is something that we all agree, you know, is something that we need to do more of. And I just know like um, my dog did not die of a crime but so many people made donations in his name when he died to various organizations related to like you know his sort of life and you know i got like another card in the mail the other day even though he died in march from like his eye doctor had made a donation and it meant so much to me i know right leah and it was like to this like my dog only had one eye and so it's like this national sort of organization and his dog his his eye doctor made this donation and i just got notified for it and it was like it meant way more to me than if they had sent me like flowers or, you know, a freaking basket of cookies or whatever else. And so I think that most people will have that same reaction and will think of you as a very thoughtful and excellent gift giver. So for somebody in your life who maybe is just true crime adjacent and not especially passionate about it, but you know, cares about these things, that's a great gift to give. And I'm sure that the organizations would be happy to receive it as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, find us in the comments if you want to um, just wool gather about this with us or your fellow listeners, Uh, you know, like alternate gift guides like this. I mean, look, it's a great tote bag, but everybody's already got 19 tote bags. So if you're really looking to step it up, but also feel good about what you're giving and not take up closet space, um, the comments, you know, you guys are smart and we'll know things that we forgot to mention. So uh, we encourage you to speak up if you have uh, preferred organizations. And uh, yeah, happy holidays. Don't buy anything from us. 
<laughs> question mark just kidding actually if you really want to make a donation buy a dogs and coffee sweatshirt from eve store <laughs> and send it to dan brady care of me because he's about to wear out his current one he seriously wears it every day <laughs> oh thank you we love them but we're not talking about dogs and coffee here on this here podcast next week what we're actually talking about is uh what we've learned in the last year of writing best evidence um what we're gonna do differently in 2024 or not uh i'm not actually totally sure where that discussion's gonna go but um that's the beauty of doing this every week you just you just don't know where you're gonna end up we hope that you will end up reaching out to us if you have questions like brits or anything else uh, if you want recommendations if you want our opinion uh, editorial at bestevidence.fyi reaches us both. You can leave a comment below. And uh, we're on a couple of socials, Blue Sky and Instagram at bestevidencefyi. Uh, we will talk to you next week. 